We're reading from James chapter 2, and I'm starting at verse 1. My brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in filthy old clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, you stand there or sit on the floor by my feet. Have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil (coughs) thoughts? Listen, my dear brothers and sisters, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised those who love him? But you have dishonoured the poor. Is it not the rich who are exploiting you? Are they not the ones who are dragging you into court? Are they not the ones who are blaspheming the noble name of him to whom you belong? If you really keep the royal law found in scripture, love your neighbour as yourself, you are doing right. But if you show favouritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. For whoever keeps the law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. For he who said, you shall not commit adultery, also said, you shall not murder. If you do not commit adultery, but do commit murder, you are a lawbreaker. Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom, because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Favouritism can rear its head in all kinds of places. You can see it in the workplace where there's one member of the staff who gets treated better than all of the others because his uncle owns the company. Uh, You can see it in schools. Sometimes teachers will have a favourite. You can see it in families where one family member seems to receive more love and attention than others. You may even experience it when you walk into a shopping centre that Someone in there looks a little wealthier or a little better dressed than you and they'll be served before you are. And churches, sadly, aren't immune to favouritism either. I don't think any of us like favouritism. We don't like people to be treated differently. We don't like people judging us by what we're wearing or how much money we're perceived to have. And in this passage that we're looking at today, James wants to say it's not just wrong to show favouritism, It's crazy as Christians to show favouritism. It means that you've misunderstood something fundamental about what it is that we believe as Christians. The book of James was originally a letter that was sent to what we believe to be a collection of churches, not just one, but a a group of churches, uh, Jewish Christians who'd been dispersed throughout the Roman Empire. Uh, The letter would have arrived at uh, each of the congregations and they would have been able to read it out loud in their public meetings, probably would have got together on a Sunday morning and and said, we've got a letter from James, it arrived during the week and I'd like to read it for you now. Now, if we were reading through James now, we would have already heard him talk about persevering and keep on keeping on even through trials. We would have heard him talk about being hearers and doers of his word. And then we come to the beginning of chapter 2 and this very specific issue of favouritism. And James seems to be aware that there is an issue already happening in the churches that he's writing to because he says this, chapter 2, verse number 1. 
My brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favouritism. Now, I'm only guessing here, but I imagine that the original recipients of this letter, when they heard James mention favouritism, I've got a feeling that they would have been sitting there thinking to themselves, favouritism? What does he mean, favouritism? I don't think we show favouritism, do we? I think that's what you and I would say if someone said, stop showing favouritism. Well, James starts by giving us some examples. And what amazes me about these examples that he gives is that we can imagine them happening today, 2,000 years later. These examples are timeless and universal. I've seen these things happen in churches. So look at what he says, verse 2. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes and a poor man in filthy old clothes comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing the fine clothes and say, here's a good seat, but say to the poor man, you stand there or sit on the floor by my feet. Have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? You can picture it, can't you? Two strangers walk into a church, they walk in that door over there. First person, well-dressed, looks pretty respectable. Second person, well, clearly not very much money because if they did have money, they would have spent a little bit more on their clothing. Rough-looking person, a little bit on the untidy side and clearly poor. They've both walked in that door. They've both walked into the same church, but will they be treated the same way? Well, people are lining up to help the rich man. They want to make sure that he gets a good seat, not one where the draft is, and get get a copy of the notice sheet for him. Make sure he's introduced to the minister before church starts. But the poor man, well, he can sit wherever he likes, as long as it's not near me. No one seems to be in a hurry to speak to him. Now, sure, I may have embellished all of this a little bit, but basically that's the way that favouritism can sometimes look in churches. One person favoured over another. One looks rich, one looks poor. But it's especially embarrassing, James says, when it happens in churches. I'm guessing you can think of instances where you've seen this problem. And James says in verse 4, Have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? And what reason do we have for not discriminating? Well, it's right there in verse 1. My brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favouritism. If you believe in Jesus, if you have your trust in him, if you are serious about following Jesus, then you shouldn't be discriminating. You, more than anyone, should know that favouritism is not on. And it's not just when people walk in the door of the church that we might be tempted to show favouritism. It can happen pretty much in every area of life. It may be that you help out the neighbour who lives on this side, but you never speak to the neighbour who lives on that side. James says that when you judge someone by their appearance or their bank balance or their ethnicity, then you're making a big mistake. And James goes so far as to say that it's actually an anti-gospel mistake that you're making here. When Jesus walked on this earth, he wasn't fussy about who he mixed with. He certainly didn't show favouritism. He mixed with everyone. 
He ate in the homes of Pharisees and religious leaders and he also ate in the homes of fishermen and tax collectors. He mixed with outcasts, lepers, Samaritans, anyone. And let's be thankful that God doesn't show favouritism. Because let's face it, if he did show favouritism, he wouldn't choose you and me. Well, he certainly wouldn't choose you. That's, that's a joke, just in case you're wondering. James says, as followers of Jesus, we should not show favouritism. And when we do, we're making a judgment on a bad basis, like money or social status or appearance or nationality. They're bad reasons for treating one person worse than another. Now, James goes on further to explain why it shouldn't be done. Verse number five, he says, think about it. Showing favouritism to the rich over the poor just doesn't make any sense, particularly for his readers. Verse 5. Listen, my dear brothers and sisters, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised to those who love him? But you've dishonoured the poor. Is it not the rich who are exploiting you? Are they not the ones who are dragging you into court? Are they not the ones who are blaspheming the noble name of him to whom you belong? Firstly, to show favour to the rich and to treat the poor badly means that you're obviously oblivious to the choices that God makes. James tells us that God chooses the poor to inherit the kingdom. He's chosen poor people to be his people. Now, if the poor are good enough for God, then surely they're good enough for you as well. Now, don't misunderstand what James is saying here. He's not suggesting that God has only chosen the financially destitute to inherit the kingdom. God's perfectly happy to accept anyone, irrespective of their financial circumstances. But secondly, for the people that James is writing to, he says, isn't it the rich that are giving you a hard time? Isn't it the rich who are dragging you into court? Isn't it the rich who are seeking to lock you up because of your faith? Isn't it the rich who are slandering the name of Jesus? Why in the world do you want to show favouritism to the people who do those things? It makes no sense, James says. But what is James saying about the rich and the poor? Is he saying that God exclusively chooses poor people? Is he saying that you can't be rich and be saved? No, that's not what he's saying at all. The ones who are saved, the ones who inherit the kingdom, are those who love God and find their forgiveness in Jesus. James has already said that. Eternal life does not depend on your bank balance either way, but on loving God and finding forgiveness through Jesus. You don't have to be poor to be saved. James is going to go on a little further in the book to talk about Abraham and Job, two men who were considered to be exceptionally wealthy during their lifetime. Rich people can certainly be saved, but I think it's also true to say that rich people will often feel that they have less of a need for God. I remember hearing a story about a man who uh, lived in a beautiful part of Sydney, looked out over the water from his house and uh, a friend of mine who was at Bible college at the same time as me was sitting in his lounge room and the man said to him, what could your God possibly give me that I can't go out now and buy if I want it? 
But those of us who have little to trust in, well, especially when it comes to material wealth, well, the gospel message seems more appealing to them, doesn't it? They recognise that they have a need. They recognise that God has met that need. That's what you see in the Gospels. You read through Luke's Gospel and it is the poor and the disenfranchised who who want to come to hear what Jesus has to say because they have nothing else to trust in or hope in. James, in his typically abrupt manner, seems to change the subject completely when you get to verse number 8. But when you look a little more closely, it's not really a new subject. It's the same point, but from a different perspective. Instead of saying, don't show favouritism, which is the negative side, he says the positive side. We are to love our neighbour as ourselves. That's not new. Jesus already said that the whole Old Testament is summed up using those words. This is what Jesus says, that the whole Old Testament can be summed up as love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbour as yourself. And your neighbour is anyone, rich, poor, your neighbour is anyone who you can help when they are in need. If you see someone in need and you are able to help and you choose not to because of the way that the person is dressed or their social standing or their bank balance or their ethnic background, then you're showing favouritism and James says, stop it. Again, it's an anti-gospel sin to do that, to show that kind of favouritism. God's mercy is shown to us when we didn't deserve it. He's shown mercy to us when there was nothing about us that was compelling God to show that mercy. James says, if we fail to love our neighbours as ourselves, then we become lawbreakers. It's pretty forceful, isn't it? James is saying that favouritism is just as much of an affront to God as murder and adultery. That's what he says in the passage. Favouritism does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. James almost takes us full circle by saying that judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who doesn't show mercy. If you show favouritism, if you're not willing to show mercy to those who need mercy, then why in the world would you expect that God would show you mercy? James finishes on a note that takes us back to that very first verse. He says, mercy triumphs over judgment. God has shown us mercy in sending his son Jesus to die in our place. Not because we deserved it, not because we were wealthy, not because we were good or dressed the right way, but simply because God is merciful. What we deserved from God was judgment, but what God shows us is his mercy. If you and I have our trust in Jesus, then we are the recipients of that mercy. So this is where the rubber hits the road. This is where you have to make sure that you're not just a hearer of what God's word says, but a doer of it as well. As you go out this week, When will you be tempted to show favouritism? 
When would you be tempted to treat people differently because of the way that they're dressed or the job that they have? Will it be the way that you deal with the person at the checkout at Woolworths? Will it be the receptionist or the cleaner where you work? Will it be one of your neighbours? Will it be a member of your family? Who will be the people that you'll be tempted to show favouritism towards or against? And who will be the people that you'll be tempted to treat less kindly or perhaps even ignore? If you find yourself showing favouritism, if you find yourself treating people differently throughout the course of this week, remember, that's not how God has treated you. Here's the take-home message for this week. It's right there, chapter 2, verse number 1. My brothers and sisters... Believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favouritism.